Hello and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, I love doing interviews with people in the industry, people who have been around the block. Uh, and, you know, especially if you stuck around a company for a while, uh, you just have a different perspective, uh, you know, if you're not like a company owner or something like that, but like a, an employee, a developer, people who work for the companies and can give you the straight dope on what is going on behind the scenes. So this is a little bit of an industry nuts and bolts conversation. So uh, the company that I'm talking about is Daily Magic Games, and I have been a fan of Daily Magic since their first game. Uh, to be quite honest with you, we'll get into the whole uh, conversation. They produce a number of games, but you might be most familiar with their Valeria line of games. Valeria Card Kingdoms was the first one, and then, uh, you know, kind of a line of them has developed since then. So uh, I've been interested in the company for a long time, and it just so happens that uh, one of the employees over there is a fan of the show and uh, dropped an email, uh, started a conversation. So uh, now we are here to have a discussion. Uh, this man is a full-time developer with Daily Magic Games, has been with them since 2019, and also does some of the community management work for them. He is Andrew Whipple. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jason. Yes, I am indeed a fan of the show, and it's just wonderful to be able to come on here and to talk with you. So easy. <laughs> so much easier than, than cold emailing somebody being like, oh, we have a podcast. We were Golden <laughs> Geek nominated. And <laughs> now I can say that. <laughs> I saw that. Yes. And congratulations on that. Late but deserved. And hey, next year, it'll be a little bit different. The pressure is on you, by the way, to be an interesting guest so that we can get a little bit further up that number. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I'll put that pressure on myself. I, I like to think that there is, as you put it already, talking about the industry, the nuts yeah. and bolts of it. Mm -hmm. I feel that people would be more and more interested in how all of it works. So here mm -hmm. I am. So we're going to proceed in two halves. Uh, the first half, we're going to talk about the games. We, that's what we do on the What's Up Club Shop. It's all about the games. Uh, so we're going to talk about Daily Magic Games and sort of their offerings and how the company developed in terms of you know what they choose and the, especially the Valeria line because that's one I'm most interested in. They all have solo modes, so our our fans are interested in as well. And then in the second half, we'll get into more of that kind of nuts and bolts. Uh, uh, Daily Magic is a small company, and they made an interesting decision recently, which is another reason that they were on my radar to not go to retail. They went. They're they're now crowdfunding only. We will get into. Uh, that whole discussion, I find it very interesting. But first, the games. <laughs> <laughs> the games. The games. Daily Magic games. Uh, so, um, tell us. Uh, so, I mean, you have the you have other games, right? So, actually, you know what? Let's just start at the very beginning. Tell mm -hmm. us about the catalog of Daily Magic and what it has, particularly to offer to uh, solo and co-op fans that are on this channel. Absolutely. So, uh, a small digression here is that I think it's really important for any company big, small, whatever, you need to be able to play other games that are not your own. And they're going to help you be inspired. They're going to help you learn mechanics. They are going to be able to help you along and understand where people are at. And that will, in turn, help you to develop the game and to really design it. There's a whole cadence to all of it. Mm -hmm. I have a huge proponent of co-op games in particular. And the solo stuff I've been getting more into. Uh, David is definitely into the solo sphere, I like to David say. David being? Uh, David McKenzie is mm -hmm. the owner of Daily Magic Games, a very good friend of mine. Uh, he has been in this board game industry for quite a bit, and I promise I will go into it. So uh, from the beginning, 
Daily Magic is not known for their co-op games. As you said, most of the games have a solo component right. to it. But as all of you hopefully will begin to understand, since you're just being introduced to me right now and, and to Jason, we want to be able to go more into that direction because the solo stuff that we've put out and the one co-op game that we've played, that's Valeria uh, Card Kingdom's Dark Sworn, it's okay. Like we know that it's not the best, like most represented kind of game that get people just frothing at the mouth for more. And, and that's, that's the truth here. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to say, we want to hear from the fans. We want to hear from people that don't like us. We want to hear from people that are just in a different stratosphere. What is it that just isn't that great like about a game or what's your favorite part? That is when you are able to open your mind and your ears <laughs> to listen to what people have to say, mm-hmm. you are really going to get down to it. You're going to get to understand what you have to change about your approach. So from the beginning, you were correct. Valeria Card Kingdoms was the very first game that Daily Magic ever produced. I was not part of the company uh, at that time. That was David McKenzie and his business partner, Isaias Vallejo. Mm -hmm. Uh, who is no longer with the company. He's a a silent partner. They both established the company together, uh, but he is now part of Prospero Hall. Mm. And Isaiah says, he's a brilliant dude. Like that guy is awesome. And he came up with these concepts, this world of Valeria. And from there, we don't have to go through the entire list unless you'd like me to, but there is a huge catalog of Valeria games, but they're all different. They're only connected by the world, all the gameplay is different, but every single one does have a solo component. Okay, so let's. I mean, uh, so the Valeria games are what I'm familiar with. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and I remember, I, was it? I don't know if it was Kickstarter. Was it Kickstarter? I think it was crowdfunded, uh, the, the very first one. And I remember um, getting the first game. I'm like, okay, I'm playing Machi Koro. <laughs> yes, uh, and that's, so yeah. and so um, there were a couple of games. I think it was um, you know, Quest of Valeria, which I still have. I I really enjoy Quest of Valeria. It's a, a card based game. I'm like, oh yes. I'm playing. Yeah, oh, he it's it's over there somewhere. You're, uh, we have the video. Yep, Quest of Valeria, little box over there. Uh, basically, Lords of Waterdeep in a card form. And I remember reading the Desire Diary. Lords of Waterdeep was an inspiration. It's like I want to play a smaller version of this. Uh, and the I think it was Villages of Valeria was kind of a race for the galaxy take, and then you know kind of proceeds from there. Um, so I know you weren't at the company at the time, but the Valeria line has gone on. That philosophy of like, okay, we're going to remix popular games to speak to your initial point. Uh, and you know, give our take and throw in a solo and all that kind of stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about that story and has that gone on with the Valeria line? Is that a feature of it or have we gone in different directions? Yeah, and this is actually tied to part of your first question here. Daily Magic Games was, and it still is a publisher. We have looked at other games that are not part of this as, as I've heard too, like, the generic fantasy like approach. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not like really reductive. I, I totally think that it's it's accurate. It's what it is. It, it's fantasy. It's just fantasy with where it is. That's, right. that's where it is. Uh, but there's other games too. Like there's Go Nuts for Donuts. Mm-hmm. And there was like the Swingin' Jive Cat Voodoo Lounge thing. And they, they just <laughs> have, ex- they've explored right. a lot like in that sphere. There's Horizons and uh, Sailing Towards Osiris. And a few others, but the truth is there's more passion and emphasis on the Valeria line. Mm-hmm. Uh, exploring the different the different mechanics and how some of these games had come to be, 
uh, while I wasn't part of the company then, we and, and I, I can actually talk about this right now. We have been listening to what people have had to say and going back to explore those core mechanics, especially with me being here. Uh, something like Quests of Valeria, like you said, it really it takes a reductive approach to Lords of Waterdeep, but it has other bits of components that are supposed to make the game snappy and fast. We are currently redeveloping that game hmm. and changing some of the things that don't work very well mm -hmm. that uh, make it a little bit more inclusive, hmm. uh, still by maintaining its theme, how fast that it is, but also making it more interactable and approachable. Sure. Uh, what else would you like to know? Okay. Uh, I mean, and so what's, I, but now we're still getting Valeria games, right? And I think uh, yeah. Cast, Castlands of Valeria has recently concluded their Kickstarter. We don't have to go into like the whole story of that, but I like, can tell me, uh, tell us the solo audience now. What is the general philosophy when it comes to the Valeria games? And uh, so you're saying you're you're going back to some of the old titles to be visiting. Mm. What can we expect moving forward? Uh, is it going to be kind of that reiteration paradigm? Is it going to be like brand new games? Are we going to do uh, what? What what exactly is going to is the solo game looking forward to? In the Valeria line. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to reiterate too that if you don't like something specifically, or if you do like it, but it's more important for me to be able to like I have super thick skin. I want to to know what is not good like about that. A good example would be uh, to go with your question here is like Margraves of Valeria. That game did not ship with a solo component. You actually had to get a little pack like on the side, and that would allow you to be able to play that game solo, which does work. Uh, there are some, and this definitely goes into a much greater conversation. So tell uh, us about where... Margraves, uh, just uh, take a step back, tell us about Yeah, it. That one's the one I have not played, so I'm not familiar. Got it, yeah. It's uh, So that was right around the time that I had joined the company. Uh, Margraves of Valeria is, it's actually, if you're interested in the world, of Valeria mm. is the only game that has the entire map of what Valeria is. Uh, the different cities, the capital, where the monsters actually are located. You can physically look at the board and go, oh, okay, fantastic. Uh, the game is essentially a, you're still building a little bit of an engine. You have a player board. The idea here is you are constructing ward towers around the map. After the first person completes, I believe it's their fourth one, that'll trigger the end of the game equal turns, and that's it. What makes the game really interesting though, Jason, and this is, I work for the company, I'm biased, but <laughs> I'm a very unbiased opinion here. I'll talk with you about any game. What really makes that this game work and flow is that you have knights that move around the map. So think of it just like worker placement. You throw a knight down mm -hmm. on this area, you're gonna get something for it, typical. But what's really interesting about that is those knights don't just work for you. They work for anybody. So if I put a knight down on point A, on your turn, you can move that knight to mm -hmm. point B. And now it's moving towards an area that you would like. And you Sell can swords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I love that you know that. And it's a it's just a mechanic I haven't seen like too much. Mm. But this is this is where the conversation can spin into a million different directions. This is where people learn. You find a game, you find a mechanic, mm -hmm. you love that mechanic, you put it in this game, and it's not stealing, it's growing. The video games industry and movie industry has been doing this since its inception. Of course. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that it's awesome how companies have really 
just evolved and utilized yeah. those things. But Margraves, mm-hmm. Margraves is a, it, it, it's an interesting decision. I don't think it's the right one, but with them existing, the game existing, but not having solo in there, I do feel like that kind of approach, which I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I think it makes solo gamers feel a little ostracized like when it comes to that, because they have to buy something else on top of the game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, the solo tax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which used to be a, a more of a thing uh, that you have to kind of either buy a solo mode or go to BGG and download a solo mode or the, the, the website would have like, you know, solo rules on and everything. It, you know, gave it gave the appearance of like, you know, being tacked on. Uh, and not that it's like second class citizen stuff, but more like, okay, this isn't going to be great. You know, they tack this on for the extra eyes type thing. So it kind of like give me give us a flag that this isn't quite for us, uh, which is fine. Like not every game needs a solo mode. But when right. you have a line of games, right? And this is where we get into like the idea of a line of games, the mm. Valeria games. So the Tiny Epic is a line of games, and every single one of those games is a solo mode. Uh, you know, Pandemic is a line of games, and every one of those you're getting, you're getting. Um, and I know, you, I know you mentioned before about Valeria being like a shared world, but if we're gonna do the branding thing, it's a little bit more than that. Like you're, it's a shared community. Right. And solo is a community at the end of the day. Like the, it's funny to see that solo is a community, <laughs> but it's no, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I totally what, is. what do solo gamers do? Like the, the reason why solo gaming exploded, especially in the age of like social media was we played our game solo. First thing you want to do is post about it and share. Like yeah. the solo groups are always the biggest groups because we get our community out of the, you know, get the person at the table and then sharing the experience after the fact. So mm. having, a, so and that, I guess that's a, a why I'm interested in the Valeria line of games because I found out, found out earlier it they all had uh, solo capacity and then as it's developed it's like okay there's a little bit of a okay is it, is it really sticking with what that uh, is it really sticking with the usual eth- or the former ethos of like okay remixing games sounds like Margrave is kind of taking a turn and doing something a, a lot different so mm-hmm. just kind of tracking is this a brand that solo gamers can trust to deliver quality and uh, throughout? Or is it one of those things where it's like, okay, it's Valeria and the the, the world is shared. And, you know, and we and we can kind of dip in and out of, of different games. Yeah, I, because yeah, there's already a lot that I can, I'm trying to parse down some of it too, because there's a, there's a lot of greater things I'd love to, to dive into here. I, I'm just going to say straight up, no. Uh, I have not heard from many solo gamers that, they're super passionate right. about any of the the straight up line of Valeria, with the exception of the solo only game that we just came out with last year, Siege mm-hmm. of Valeria. And once again, solo only, right. but that, as you had put it, there's a solo tax on that, where there was a campaign expansion that came like on the side. Mm. Do you need the expansion? In my opinion, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, but you but you don't have to have it. Like you can just mm. kind of get in it play it a handful of times and it's fine but yes you need to have that and and this is as opposed to uh valeria card kingdoms the solo component for that my opinion on most of these games that take a score attack style approach is that it's not as interesting i don't i don't care personally if i have got the best score and i save the queen and now i'm the hero sure i i won I'm good. It's right. like a spirit island thing where, hey, if I have my last presence on the board right now, awesome. I did it. Like those yeah. invaders are gone. I that was awesome. That was satisfying. Great. I have a story to tell. 
not so much, and this is not just about the Valeria line that we have. I just don't prefer like that style. I would rather have a under falling skies approach mm. or even like with siege, there's a score. Sure. But I don't pay attention to it. Right. Uh, what about you? I'm curious about that. Just real fast. Do you prefer the score style? Do you care? Do you want That's a big more discussion? <laughs> yeah. The um the the quote unquote high score variant gets a lot of flack mm. uh, in our community, and uh, in the sense of like what people really don't want, what they're really saying when it comes to quote unquote the high score variant is, I think solo gamers don't just want to play the game by themselves and then like rank themselves at the end of the day. So like, okay, if you're playing like a Terraform mm -hmm. Mars, the original version, uh, the, the one that came out, you know, years and years ago at this point, uh, you played the game, right? And you played whatever was, uh, however many rounds, and you know, it's, it's a satisfying game in and of itself, but there was no like feedback, well, no like active opposition and all that kind of thing. So now they're coming out with like an Automa and there, there's all these different uh, things. I think uh, David Tercy and um, I, one of the, the solo guys, at uh, uh, Lines Hutter, or as one of, one of the Automa guys, uh, is coming out with an Automa deck. Because the people wanted and they called for it for years and years, give us the sense of an opponent, right? Mm. And for me, I get a little bit, uh, you know, skeptical about that because the 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 automated opponent tends to be a whole new set of rules, right? So it's like there's yeah. that balance. So it's like okay, a high score variant is usually rules light because it's the game, and then you're playing the game. With a solo mode, depending on what it is, you're learning a whole new thing. And in order to mm -hmm. get my opposition, I got to like, you know, I got to learn the rules and I got to learn the game and I got to learn the solo rules and, gotta, and, it's, and it's a multi-step <laughs> process and depending on how complex it is. And that's why I think like an Automa factory approach is probably the most interesting because they try, their Automas tend to be as slim down uh, as possible and focus on like the core interactions and that's basically it. Uh, so, yeah. it, it, so there's going to be a slider when it comes to that stuff. Uh, and I think... Um, when it comes to the games that you're talking, like, like, so, so now we're going to Valyria, right? Valyria is a fantasy world. And so I think there's going to be a tendency, and even though it is generic, right? It is a mm -hmm. generic kind of fantasy. Um, if I'm going to be, if you're going to put me in the position of a hero, I'm not just like a baker. I'm not, I'm not a, a merchant on the seas, right? I'm a hero or I'm a, a, a king in a castle and I have monsters in the outskirts. Because of what the theme, what the theme is putting me in, now there may be more of a pull towards that more binary win-lose. Did I slay the monster? Did I do something heroic or not? And not everybody feels that. There's some people that are like, eh, whatever, it's a fantasy theme and I'm just giving my points. Uh, so I don't know. I, I it's you're entering and what is this? We are entering a conversation that is ongoing in our community. Yeah, yeah. And and there is a ton more to explore. So I'll I'll circle back to to you to complete your question, like from before. I do not believe that we are consistent, which is why we are exploring like some of those questions. I am incredibly active in the board game geek forums. I look, I am subscribed to every single one of those games. So if any of you out there have a question, a concern, a statement, anything, your pictures, videos, uh, I see all of it. And while I won't comment about all of it, because the community actually does, it, it's, it's awesome. The people that are out there right now, they have, they're really good about replying to each other to help them out and help them through rules. And that's what I love about the board game community, not just solo, not just co-op, sure. just everything like in general, but we're not consistent with a co-op or the solo like, landscape here, but we want to move 
more towards that consistency, not just the score attack, something that feels like you are making a difference in the game that you have a story to tell at the end of it. As mm -hmm. you've said, yes, while it may be generic fantasy, the truth of the matter is that it's all about the elements that come together. Is it a compelling experience to kind of just jump in? There is a, a zillion, a trillion of fantasy themed board games around Kickstarter and GameFound, just crowdfunding right now, like mm -hmm. in this very moment. And you know what, when they come out in a couple of years, hopefully, some of those could be in your top 10. <laughs> like that's just how it turns yeah. out. Yeah. But that's what's exciting about all of this. How does it come together? And that's what we want to get better with. Yeah. And what I'll say is um, the solo community will be there for you. It, once you get that loyalty, right? Once you get that in the, the trust and the investment. And, you know, like I said before, Tiny Epic, Tiny Epic, <laughs> they can release Tiny Epic turd. And it'll get, it'll fund. I don't, it may not break their records, but it will fund. Tiny Epic, what? Tiny Epic, uh, Tiny Epic turd. That uh, sounds interesting. Let me look, let me take a look. Uh, when you get that brand loyalty, Amazing. And, you know, you kind of, um, it, it, certain things take care of itself because you be, you begin to build that reliability, right? Uh, so, you know, just letting know my uh, audience, uh, the Valeria line of games has it. It's not quite where it needs to be as, you know, which is pretty open. Thank you very much for your honesty about that. But, but you know, companies change. Uh, and where and absolutely company uh, evolve and listen and and if that's something that a company realize hey that's a gold mine I can tap uh, getting not just solo not just making solo games but making reliable solo games giving attention to it and like you know this company we can trust them with uh, that they're gonna give the attention then there you go so they're working on it <laughs> dot 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 but you, um so yeah. let's I want to transition um that that's a great place to transition because it uh, we're talking about the company right and talking about uh you know daily yes. magic games as a company so that's one of the things that we uh, that first triggered your interest in the show because you had contacted us after the first um publisher roundtable mm -hmm. that I hosted with Jamie Stegmeyer and talking about the industry itself and, you know, all the companies kind of giving their perspectives on working with creators and, uh, you know, real behind the hood uh, type stuff. So that that was very like, wow, I'm about having that conversation. Um, so Daily Magic, that mm -hmm. just so happens that uh, Daily Magic is making their own decisions when it comes to company stuff. So let's talk about Daily Magic as a company. And sure. the recent decision, let's start there. The recent decision to go kicks go crowdfunding only i don't know if it's just kickstarter but crowdfunding only uh and to pull out of retail yeah so let's yes. just start there and then we sure. can get into more of the creator end of things yeah we could we can approach this piecemeal so daily magic has always created every single game has been on kickstarter while david right now we've been talking about it over the last couple of years there are more platforms that are appearing so we can just call it crowdfunding mm -hmm. kickstarter of course is the most robust GameFound, of course, is offering a lot of extras, including the lower fees, and some of it is extra or uh, is exceptional, like the the stretch pay stuff. It makes people feel more safe when they are making pay? a big investment. I'll think of it like in a firm, like something where if you're putting down like 250 bucks, or if you've got like a a CMON, a pledge manager, where you know you're going to drop like 400 bucks, well, you have to pay all that right away. So mm. something like stretch pay allows you to do that in installments. Like, like Amazon does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm putting and, my games on layaway. What, what, what's happening? Where have we gone? <laughs> and, and, and that's awesome though. Like that's something that is a, there's a forward thinking approach to be able to help people get what they need. Well, 
what they want, but right, yeah. you know, let's be real. You know, <laughs> we're not talking the essentials of life here. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Of, of course not. So we've been looking at that the backer kit as well, but as you said, you have loyalties, mm. and that also goes with crowdfunding. So Daily Magic has always started with uh, Kickstarter, and we're just going to continue to stick with that until possibly we're enticed to do something different, but I can't see that in the future. Mm -hmm. The reason why, and I think that there's a lot of misinformation that gets thrown out there. So mm -hmm. I'm here to hopefully help talk about that. We need the Kickstarter infusion of cash because in case you didn't know anybody mm -hmm. that's listening, you can't just talk to a factory like Panda and, and say, I, we just need like 150 games. It's mm -hmm. going to cost, it costs thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that you just don't have. You need something to be able to say, all right, we need to print not only the games for you, but if you're going to retail, distribution, different things. And that's also something that people don't really understand uh, that we can talk about here in a little bit. We need to have that money to be able to get those games out there. If you don't have that, you need to be fortunate to have the money to be able to just place it yourself. And there are less than 1% out there can do something like that. Even huge companies, I had just used Simon as an example, they make millions of dollars, right? Part of the greater like Asmodee umbrella. Sure. But even them, their boxes are so huge that the shipping, the dimensional weight yeah, of those crazy. boxes is insane. So they have to have something like that because they're paying millions and millions and millions of dollars. Even the biggest companies out there uh, can get just slammed with that stuff. It sounds crazy, but that's what it is. Like you're, every, All these companies are borrowing money from each other, but a, a company small like us, Daily Magic, if we don't get the, the infusion from crowdfunding, we just straight up can't make the game. There's only mm -hmm. ever been one crowdfunder that has failed. Uh, before my time on here, it was an expansion for, it was not part of the Valeri universe. It was sailing towards Osiris's expansion mm -hmm. and it just didn't fund. And that was around the time that David and Isaiah, who's still there at the time, was talking about how maybe we really need to expand more and make some diversity choices in the Valeria universe. Mm -hmm. So going into it through that, we've always been able to get into retail and through distribution. Uh, do you want me to talk about the differences there? So when we're uh, one of the, as you're talking, right? Um, one of the things I'm thinking of is the idea of an evergreen. So you, I, I've spoken to a, a lot of companies and they say so much of where they get their funding is the constant evergreen. So like, uh, you know, so you talk about, um, you know, Kickstarter and getting the in crowd infusion and the cash fusion. And so, okay, uh, retail is super expensive, <laughs> you know, uh, going into distribution and, you know, everybody gets a cut, you know, it's like, you got to go to the distributor. You got to go to the, you know, all these people get like a cut, 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 cut. And it, it, the, the, you don't see it, but if, there's an evergreen. If you're Stonemaier, you have Wingspan. If you're Days One, do you have Ticket to Ride? If you're, you know, these companies uh, that get an evergreen, like you can just, you can just literally print your, your whatever it is and sell that, and then there's no uh, dev cost there. Then it's it's a, it's much easier. Um, does Daily Magic have that evergreen? And is that uh, is that something that uh, or uh, is that something that you're looking at? And does that play a role 
in the decision to move towards a more crowdfunding where it's like, okay, let's get those infusions when we launch projects. All right. So another compound question. And I love it. I think the answer is the answer is yes. In Valeria card kingdoms, people really enjoy like that game, that experience where it's more, it's more gateway centric, but you also have the modular ability to be able to expand the game. So it's pretty seamless. Uh, I can say here as well, we are looking at also helping to move that game along mm. uh, in the future. Uh, there is a, in just a couple statements about that, you can play VCK with five people, but it's not amazing because the fifth mm -hmm. player just sits out. They have a little resting token. They cannot be affected by anything. They don't get anything. Get up, get a cup of coffee, do whatever it is. That's not a great answer. And we know that. Uh, same thing with being able to expand that game with Crimson Seas. I think an expansion that is just necessary for the game, but not everything that you do makes the game push towards the end. And as soon, this is the only hobby, like, I think there's probably some other ones, where when you talk to somebody, the first thing that they usually say about their enjoyment or about their hate is, oh, how long did that take? Mm -hmm. uh, the length of your turns, the overall like time that you're playing it. We all talk about it. And that's something that we're also working on here uh, through the community. We've had some amazing uh, suggestions so far. Uh, anyway, that evergreen, I would, if there is anything, it's that one because there's a continual push for people to get that game. But it also goes back to your initial question, Jason, is that like how you're always on Kickstarter. Well, yeah, you would think at this point you could walk into your FLGS and or, or even a, a big box store like your barnes and nobles and your targets and get a vck something but you can't right. you cannot because we have to be able to there has to be demand through retailers like to get the game but then distribution networks like a distributor like alliance uh, needs to buy that game and they buy it in bulk they do not buy just a handful of copies right but then they also are going to be shipping that stuff to those retailers who order those things through distribution. And I think that's the big thing, just at a high level, like you said, uh, for people to be able to understand. That's the yeah. difference there between the retailers and distributors. The only people that buy the things from the distributors are the retailers. That's how that stuff gets through. And, and, and just, yeah. uh, just to kind of take a step back, the reason why I ask it this way is I think gamers have a tendency to kind of think of like just games, right? They'll list a bunch of games and it's almost like a flat thing for them, like the BG list, right? And mm. you go down the list and all the, you see all the titles and it's like, okay, the, all these are the same. And it's like from a back end perspective, no way. It's like, okay, yeah. there are certain games that'll have a hundreds of print run. There are certain games that'll have thousands of print run. And there's certain games that'll have millions of print run. And the the the, the economies of scale are so different. So, so of different. All those things. So it's like you <laughs> you say like, you know, VCK, Valeria Car Kingdoms is, you know, as a constant seller for you, it's still not to the scale where you can go to like a retailer or distributor be like, okay, you know, here's a you know, 10,000 or whatever it is, like these big orders. So, mm -hmm. And that's what it would take to really be sustainable in retail. Is that kind of where we're at? Oh, definitely. I think without question, like you gain the sustainability through trust. Like, you know that this product is going to sell. And, and we know that VCK, especially the second edition that's out there, uh, we were able to gain like higher margins on it because if if people are unaware the original i don't have an original box right here uh, but the original 
a VCK. It was in a pretty standard size, like board game box, you know, not too big, fits right on your calyx and in a nice way. But it had a ton of wooden pieces. So just mm -hmm. a wooden piece apocalypse. One of the biggest criticisms <laughs> that we that we would get from uh, well, critics like yourself and other people is that you just get this glut of resources and look at this table, like it's crazy. But it's also the way that game was originally developed. That is the point is that those resources are actually VP. And you don't right. typically see that in most games. Right. Like, so getting those things are beneficial. In the second edition, we got rid of most of those things, which wow. it slowly, like it, it's nice because it, it's a little, if you've never seen it, a uh, resource track and we'll have you look at that too. Uh, it's a resource track that you can easily just manage, especially if you have kids and animals, like it's so much easier. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my sister has, I have two nephews and a niece and they're just, they're a handful. And if you're playing this game, right. you can at least have this tiny board and then you can keep track of it that way. So much easier than just, oh, well, they just threw the cat on the table and uh, the game is over. Yeah, <laughs> pieces are all over the place. Yeah, that, that's what I remember from, because I, I played the first edition, not the second edition. Uh, the first edition, just resources. Whoa. <laughs> oh my goodness, I know. It, it, it's, it's huge, it's huge. But see, that's right. what I'm talking about, is that we, you want to be able, at least for me, I want to be able to just sit back and just people just tell me like, ah, mm, mm. like, I don't like these things. I don't want this one. We want to listen. And I think it's great for most of the people, the developer roundtable that you had too. Like one of my favorite uh, things, and I don't mean to get so off track here, but like when you had Jamie Stegmeier on here, like one of my favorites, like from them that doesn't get enough talk about, you know, Red Rising, that also is a thing from the Atama factory. Hey, Red Rising uh, is on my shelf too. I really enjoy that. Yeah. 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 It, the idea there is that you just, you listen to, that game is based off of Fantasy Realms, like another really yeah. interesting game. You get that to the table. There's not a ton of components to it, but it's so deep in a lot of different ways. Anybody mm -hmm. can play it. Anybody can get into it. And there's something to it there. The yeah. point about all of that is even though it's a big box, it's a low footprint and a company like us, we have to look at all of those little things. We may have people say, yeah, but look at all these other games. Like I love the tactile feel of these things in my hand, like your Azul tiles. Mm -hmm. I love this other thing. And we get that. And we still want you to have that stuff. But you have to understand that if you're paying for distribution, retailers, you're paying for manufacturing, you're paying for credit card costs. If you did not know, to use a service like Stripe, they're going to take 4%, like right mm -hmm. off the top. Yep. That's what has to happen when you pay on a crowdfunding platform. And I have no qualms like talking about like numbers. If you have 3,000 backers, which would be, you know, nice, we did not get 3,000 backers for Castellans. Uh, it's still going to take hundreds of dollars for you just to say, yeah, uh, you used our services. So, uh, so cool. Mm -hmm. And th that's fine. Like companies deserve to be paid, people that do their jobs do them well and perform their services mm -hmm. that's what companies like us need but we have to make those smart decisions to be able to not only stay afloat but to be able to move into the very next like part of the future you would ask that like really early on and i and i didn't touch on it, it there is going to be future games we're re-implementing these ones mm -hmm. but we will be uh, creating newer things like in the future as well 
Yep. Got to get that scale going. And, and if we you can do. get the scale going for any company, then you might get your better distribution. Uh, so it's like, yep. it's, it isn't as easy as, okay, we got to drop it into retail. It, like, especially in today's world, you know, the cost of exploded and you know, companies have to be a lot more careful in terms of, you know, where's the best place. Uh, so we got to get the scale. Basically, that's that's the that's the number one issue. Uh, and even a game like Valera Car Kingdoms, which will be featured in the WhatsApp Co-op Shop upcoming, hopefully, uh, that you know, which I I I was interested enough in the first edition. Sounds like the second edition made the changes that I would want to make. So let's take a look and look at the co-op and that kind of thing. Let's get that going. And if the scale comes, and then the distro will come. Uh, so speaking of you know growing a company, right? The reason why you 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 reached out to us was talking about those creative partnerships. And you had interest in making, you know, starting up this partnership and others. So speaking of those creator partnerships, tell uh, the people's your perspective on uh, working with creators and, you know, navigating some of the issues that were brought up in terms of the creator publisher partnership from your perspective as a small company. Yeah, absolutely. The, the very first. So, look, I think everybody needs to understand that. Us moving to this model. David is a is a one man army. Like he owns this company, and he asks myself and just our our small like developer team to be able to put what time like we can like into most of these games. But it's it's David. Like we, this is something that we do out of passion. Like we cannot make a living like off of this. And I want people to understand that th that is the difference. And I, I think like listening to Jamie Stegmeyer as well, he has made some really incredible points that, yeah, like there's skill and there's a lot of luck and such involved too with something. And hearing that from anybody is huge. Making those changes, a, a shipping like issue can absolutely demolish a company. I've been paying attention. I, I pay attention to everything in the industry, like the stuff that's happening with Elf Creek. Mm -hmm. You know, right now, getting that kind of transparency from somebody, especially when you have a family and making these hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, these decisions that can just right. destroy you. That is not easy like for anybody. So well, Elk Creek yeah. is the publisher of Atlantis Rising and a few other games. Yeah. Uh, could you break down a little bit of what you're talking about there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Atlantis Rising Monstrosities was a, that's an expansion for a, a much beloved co-op game. If you've sure. not played it, uh, highly recommend. Uh, that is, it's really fun, looks beautiful. Uh, love that. And the components are just, they're very fun. You, you love to touch those things. <laughs> they, they're one of the many, 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 many companies that ran into huge delays, mm -hmm. like from, uh, from the shipping crisis that, by the way, has not truly gone away. It's gotten a little bit better. But when that happens, you're paying for, they have to pay for storage. You have to pay fees that go from, like, let's just say it's like 1.2K for a container. And we're talking upwards of five to 6,000 mm -hmm. uh, for a container. And once again, to stress, small company like them as well, they have, they have way more employees than we do. Mm -hmm. Go check out one of those updates on the Atlantis Rising monstrosities because they have all the numbers there too. You do not see that from people in the board game industry. Mm -hmm. They don't mm -hmm. talk numbers like that often. That is something that will help you understand just how dire that situation was. They had to delay most of the things on there due to a couple of issues like on their side mm -hmm. that they were forthcoming with, but then also monetary issues, storage issues. That is one of the biggest reasons why there was a huge delay on there. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm, re I'm re referring to. Yeah, uh, I just got mine. <laughs> a oh, me too. Weeks ago. Me too. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and 
yeah, so that's just part of the reason why we wanted to have these discussions. Um, so okay, uh, so that was a little bit of sidebar. Let's get. I wanted to get yeah. back to the the creator issue. Um, so, and, and again, this is one of those things where it's like you know involved in a conversation, and I think the conversation is that there are people, understandably, who get you know gamers. They're looking at content. They're trying to figure what's there, what's theirs, and what's not theirs, and they run into kind of the quote unquote wall of positivity. Whereas like you log in and uh, this just happened. I was part of the uh, marketing for Evidel Farshore, the new expansion. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so what happens is uh, it, you know, you get a, a game, drops embargo. And once it drops embargo, which is what the creators can't talk about it. Uh, that day it drops embargo, you'll get this like wall of like seven videos or, or 10 videos. You know, yep. lots of different creators are kind of posting at the same time. An explosion. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. And it's it, a lot of it is happy faces on the thumbnails and general overall enthusiastic presentation. And it, yeah, right? Uh, uh, if, you, if you're listening to the podcast right now, Andrew's giving the, <laughs> whoa, excited face. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so from the consumer perspective, it says, oh, wow, here's a bunch of shills, you know, trying to sell me and, you know, blasting the positivity and sure. all kind of stuff. Uh, and so they are going to say, it's like, look, we need more, y'all need to be more independent. Y'all need to be more critical and all this other stuff. Um, from your perspective, that's difficult, right? Because that whole process, even as it may give the impression a certain way, there's a reason why it's happening. And there are it companies, is. maybe not Tabletop Tycoon because they're like bigger and they, they got sustainable stuff, but especially for a smaller company, that's really important to sustain, isn't it? It is, it is. And when you talk to me, there's, there's a lot of... <laughs> I love doing this. And I think that it's very easy to get into sidebars because there's so much to talk oh, sure. about. Like there's a million uh, different I conversations. Ask complex and questions. Podcasts. I apologize for that. <laughs> oh, that, I, I love it because it's more of a natural approach. So yes, this is a big one. Uh, it does warrant me talking about some of my background before getting into this mm -hmm. and you know, having a day job. I was a freelance video games journalist mm. for years. Uh, I have been part of, think of it this way. If you've ever gone to a website and you just see staff writer, like on something, those are people like me, like at the time that would write those stories or break those stories who you do not get credit for it. It's something that is still plaguing the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, you just get paid like a little bit, but you very much are part of it. Interviews, news breaking stories. And what Jason is talking about, at least right now, is how do you navigate taking payment like from somebody to be able to advertise something like we'll use Farshore, the newest game from Tabletop Tycoon from Starling Games, uh, which by the way is very strange you brought that up because that has a tie directly back to David McKenzie, mm. owner of, of Daily Magic, oh, wow. which I will tell you about in just a second. If you are paid, if, if you are like Jason right now, like there's a reason why the one-stop co-op shop will typically preference, uh, they will preface a review, a video by saying, we did not receive any monetary payment from this stuff. Like and we never all. do. This we never just... receive monetary payment. We, you won't. We, get we get review copies and that's about it. Yes. But that also means that you rely on stuff like Patreon. Mm -hmm. So yes. you're going to be getting things like that. I have talked about this. I have been like involved in a lot of these things, especially back in that industry, because who's to say that Starling, that Tabletop Tycoon, isn't a Patreon themselves. And then people will be like, okay, so they're paying you. So does that color your stuff? And, and that's a ridiculous sentiment. It's very different than receiving payment to 
take care of something. In our day and age, influencers are some of the best ways to advertise your product because it is a direct line from you to them. They're going to let you know what's going on. If you are creating board games, you typically do not have enough time to be able to sit there and to really showcase the game in a way that you need to. You're under massive time constraints uh, for the most part. So there, it could be a nominal fee. It could be anywhere from like 600 bucks to a couple thousand, depending yeah. on what, what you're going to do. And to be clear, in terms of that pressure, I just wanted to clarify what you were saying. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily like publisher pressure. I think there's a the, there's a idea that like, okay, the publishers are kind of looming over us and controlling. And like most of the pressure that a creator faces is actually from the algorithm. So you need to put out regular content. Like that that is a yes. if you don't put out regular content, then your your views will sink. So on my sister channel, Shelf Stories, which is one that I run myself. I have decided that I'm just going to tune down that part of things because I've said what I have to say and I'm not going to be asking since I want to focus on more on one-stop stuff. Like, And then I'll, I'll fire something back up and the views, I, I see the views. I see the engagement. I see it like, because I, I'll, I'll like, you know, give it like a, a three-week break and then I'll post something. And it's like a quarter of the engagement or a fraction of the engagement. Yeah. So if you want to sustain yourself as a creator, it needs to be regular weekly multiple times a week and you know we're not where we add, you have to build that audience and build them that expectation that they're going to be that you're going to be there when they're you know expect you to be there so in terms of that pressure you know we we aren't going to put like you know these people are going to want to like okay if you want to be a reviewer you have to review something seven to ten times or play some ten times and you know give this in that thing and it's it's impossible right uh very to, difficult it, 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 unless you're doing unless you're self-funded unless you're doing as a full-time thing which none of us are Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm a full-time psychotherapist and I got family and all kind of stuff. So having, so having said that, I mean, I, I hesitate to kind of go too far down that road because like people are like, okay, well don't be a reviewer and, and all that kind of thing. Um, no, no, no. I, so I, I think I, I, well, that's not, not people like, not you, but like people. Yeah. And, I, and my response is generally, okay, look, all of us are best served when companies are producing great games and companies great. can't produce great games without that piece where you said before the influencer piece and yeah i guess we could say one one stop co-op shop is an influencer we try to be a responsible influencer because we don't take payment we're very you know we try to be honest we can and all kind of stuff but like that's our central role as influencer and you know that's what people we just celebrated 40k subscribers we released a big video 40k subscribers yay and so many of the comments are like you help me have fun you help me plug into stuff you help me buy things it's wonderful uh, and yeah, no, we, we, we love it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if there is going to be a dimension of, I'm talking with Andrew on a podcast, this isn't going to be like, I'm grilling you. Like this is an adversarial journalism thing. This is going to be, okay, we're talking about the <sighs> magic. We're being honest about it. And, but the idea is ultimately we want daily magic and other companies to be successful because we all win when we're successful. And the best thing we could do is just be honest about that and be like, okay, well, we're not as adversarial as, uh, uh, an official quote-unquote journalist but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we can't be honest and so uh and so that's what we, we try to navigate those waters live in the gray area etc and mm -hmm. i wanted to hear because i think that's part of what you wanted to contribute is because as you said that initial email what well, no influencers are so important to the lifeblood of a small company and to have multiple voices kind of just saying that without without the idea of like okay now we're selling somebody something we're shilling there's a different <laughs> thing going on right there, there is, yes. And it, it's just an, an expansion of, of what we were just talking about here as well. It's, it's really important to not only have respect for 
the people that are around you, but the people that you'll never meet that are through there digitally. We get in trouble sometimes when we text, when we send emails, when you might be thinking something and it's coming across aggressive on paper, but it's actually, it, you didn't mean that at all. We can read into a lot of things because we don't have the inflection. Uh, there's, a, there's a term for it. A, it it's, it's not coming to me right now, but this is just a known thing that you can't know what somebody else is feeling unless you're putting an emoji or something like that after <laughs> every single sentence. And yeah, right. you're just not going to do that. So you, you hope that you have that trust. And if you don't understand something, just think, okay, maybe I, I just don't really understand it. You're reading it. It's very different. Right, Be right, very right. careful about For that sure. stuff. Mm -hmm. The difference between journalism and a opinion is subjectivity. And that's a huge difference. When you're a journalist, you are taking the facts and you're giving, you're just giving them to the people. You are not typically giving your opinion. That is a very different style of journalism. And that's what we run into sometimes. It's really important for everybody to know that, like for us, if you go onto the Castellan's Kickstarter page right now, we have a lot of well-known people looking at Castellan's mm. of Valeria. And I'm so thankful for it. But you have to know that's not the final version of the game. When people say, oh, it's a review, it is, but it isn't. That's not the final version as they saw, or as you've, you've seen like on the page, all the artwork, we've changed a ton of it that's in there. We actually flipped mm -hmm. where the citizens go from the top to the bottom. There's plenty of things that just change the engagement of how that game works, because it's not done, but you need to be able to get that stuff out there. And guess what you have to do if you're part of like the, the Before You Play channel? Like those people are wonderful, Monique and Naveen. Mm -hmm. they, she's doing that for a living. So when you are taking your time and your effort to look at something, you're expecting to get paid so you can live. Yeah. But that's where, like what we're talking about right now, that can create some controversy from people that don't understand how that stuff works. We are well, paying yeah. them to to give us just their opinion, but they're just playing the game. And they'll, they'll talk, they'll inflect, but that's that's fine. Like that's all that they should do. That is just, we are just saying, hey, please do this for us. We can't actually commit the time to make this video and to get that stuff out there. That is worth it to us. Go ahead and do it. You're done. That's all. Right. That's all that, and that makes a huge difference for people like us. Right. And that's where people, um, the difficulty of this conversation is, because like you mentioned before, an opinion. I think there is a large section of people, and I, and I definitely understand this. I'm not going to slam it or anything, um, that say, if you're giving an opinion of a game, if you're adding inflection, I like to say, like, if you're smiling, <laughs> you know, the, the, co the cost of smiling during a review is that you can't take any payment whatsoever or else you're a shill. And, you know, if you don't want to, if you don't take payment um, or, or like if you do take payment, then it has to be like, you know, hard boiled, like basically like a Rodney Smith. He's he's the same every single time. He puts up a, a piece of content because he's not doing a review. He's doing like you know the content. Uh, he's just hard to do. It's it's yeah. very very hard to do that. That man is just he's born for it. There's a discipline there of like okay, totally. treating the same game exactly. Like there's it's it's a natural human thing to have inflections to prefer one thing to another. And I think in that natural humanness of preference and enthusiasm and excitement, and also the capitalist reality. That people have to like, you know, afford the camera and afford upgrades and afford it's important all, all this other stuff. 
I think people are, are getting a little bit lost in those two, the, the confluence of those two things. I, I totally agree. And if you go way back, I had mentioned, I, I would tell you about how like all of this kind of blended back with David's background. Did you know that David yeah. McKenzie is the very first person to be able to successfully kickstart a board game that started this entire thing? I did not know that. Was that? And was that, you that don't was... need, you don't even have to believe me. You can look it up on Kickstarter. Alien Frontiers. Was that very, Alien Frontiers? I have it. It's first. there. It's up there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not on the camera. Wait. Uh, 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 uh. There it is. That's right awesome. There. Or the the latest edition of Alien Frontiers. Yes. So David originally in 2009 had created Clever Mojo Games. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually, it was bought by Game Salute which was eventually bought by Tabletop Tycoon, which it all blends yeah. together <laughs> that owns Starling Games, right? Which is why mm -hmm. I thought it was funny when you brought up Far, uh, Far Shore. That's so funny. Uh, but surely there was probably uh, some other like super small projects that like never truly blew up. But if you look up Alien Frontiers, it made, yeah. it made like $14,000. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> and at the time it was mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like it, it changed everything, like mm -hmm. all of it. It was amazing how that stuff came together. And at Definitely. some point, I'll have to tell you more about it, but mm -hmm. that is very much part of board game history. Something that we don't talk enough about, just the history of how right. uh, our medium has exploded. Right. So, I mean, so circling back, I mean, we can, again, you, you had warned me. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I did. We could go into all sorts of uh, corners uh, just to kind of like bring it back to Daily Magic, right? Yeah. Um, so Daily Magic is a, it, it's, in, it's in growth. It's in process. And it's it's great to see because you know this there's this huge fear right uh about board gaming that it's going to be the big guys it's going to be the asmodees it's going to be the simons and uh, you know, right, they're the ones that right. kind of eat like you know like the the death star uh you know eating the stars and you know, we're just going to be like a bunch <laughs> of companies and whatever and then but what the great thing about board gaming at least where we are now is that there are companies like Daily Magic and companies like you know Gameland and we, like smaller companies that are not going to get bought by other people and they're hustling and they're you know doing their thing and part of that hustle part of that outreach is you know working with influencers and working with quote unquote reviewers and I know that's a fraught word uh, but you know working with people who are willing to take money and they're trying to do the transparency thing and trying to do the right by people but unfortunately and the reality is. You know, things have to happen in order for the, the the games to get out and for smaller companies to be on the hustle. And that's why these conversations are here, because we don't want to hoodwink people. We really don't want to snow people. We want to let people in on, on how all this works. And if yes. first impressions are giving a different opinion, well, then let's get past the first impressions and really talk about what's going on. So from Daily mm -hmm. Magic's perspective, yeah, this the, you know, all this, every every little bit helps. It's it's the it was the hardest decision ever. Like during this last uh, Kickstarter for Castellans, like it just wasn't blowing up as much. Like granted, we have enough to be able to to make the print run and such. But David and I had just a really candid conversation about it, and I had even discussed with him too about, do you think that we could talk to the backers like right now so they can understand how important it is like for for them to to support us on Kickstarter platform because I see tons of comments just saying even just random I'll, I'll go on youtube and i'll just see i'll type in you know castellans and like mm -hmm. thoughts and all, there's a, almost every single one that i saw was i'll just pick it up at retail but mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. not going to retail or or there's this other like conversation about well why are they just switching to a boutique style i don't really get it like how do you afford to pay your employees well newsflash 
you don't. Yeah. It's it's all just kind of on a commission basis, or mm -hmm. it's just it, that's how that stuff works. It is there just because you have a board game that's shipped doesn't mean you have 50 employees and several offices right. that are around here. This yeah, and, and I apologize. I be, I, uh, I introduced you as like quote unquote full time employee. No, you're you're full time with the company. It does not make you a full time employee. <laughs> this that's, is contract correct. work. This is uh, you know you got to do other things in order to kind of sustain yourself. So like you know. It's a full-time, quote-unquote, job time commitment style uh, yeah. wise, but in terms of the compensation, no, 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 no. Uh, Absolutely. That's not work. And, Absolutely. And so please yeah. the, drill down on that. And so I'm really interested in that in terms of the feed, okay. the, the, the backer the interaction you're having where it's like, okay, oh, I'll pick it up at retail. Uh, this doesn't yes. look like a game I want to back because I think the idea of Kickstarter is, well, this is for you know the exclusives and this is for the, you know, the, the, the right. FOMO and all that kind of stuff. So it's like if something mm -hmm. is not going to trigger FOMO, then I can wait. Right? Absolutely. It's, Oh boy, go ahead. Please uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, yeah. So Daily Magic Games doesn't do exclusives. And that's something that David has never believed in. We talked about some of that stuff as well. There was even a moment, just a flash, where it was brought up. And I know for me, I just immediately squashed it. It's like, well, because at, at the same time that Castellans was up, a game like Thiefdom, because we use the Me Show, uh, renowned, like world famous artist, and that helps define the Valeria brand. Sure. Well, it, uh, what a coincidence, right? We're in the same span of time. Not only was the Shipwrights Redux uh, launched, who Shem Phillips uses the Me Show, you know, we know him well. Uh, and then Thiefdom launches once again, you know, the Me Show, like using it on there. But we were the lowest on the list like, compared to the other ones. And mm. there's a few reasons why you're able to get all those games at retail, not Castellans. You can still get the same art, and Castellans is on that list as well. You also, it's really difficult to represent a brand by making a distinct switch via, uh, what I'm trying to say is like, uh, Shem Phillips has all three of those trilogies, North Sea, mm -hmm. West Kingdoms, and then the South Tigris. In our games, it's Valeria, of Valeria, Valeria. But mm -hmm. I also see that it's a tendency to think that it's, it's hard to grow your, your group of people that you want, uh, just new players, because they think that it's, a, it's an expansion or like, where do I start? Like, right, oh, right, I, right, I, right. I haven't played any of the Valeria games. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you could start anywhere, like literally anywhere. It, it doesn't matter. They're all different. They're mm -hmm. only connected by the world. They're happening in different parts of it, uh, much like Far Shore, very similar to Everdell, happening in a different part of the continent. They're trying to mm -hmm. get that continuity going. That's kind of cool. So when we saw that it wasn't blowing up, uh, that we need to be very careful. Uh, the highest Kickstarter that we've had was, I think, $212,000. It was the second Kickstarter we ever made, which was Villages, mm -hmm. believe it or not. And straight up, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, that game is broken in places. Mm -hmm. uh, the solo community is not happy with that game. And when I first like, came on and we were talking about like doing a a re-implementation uh, which is very much happening by the way oh, okay uh i played like some of the solo stuff too and i was like damn but look like this happens like as a company grows and yeah. you you take feedback and you see like what's going on but anyway i'm getting off topic again i needed we need to really look and say i think it's time that people need to understand we can't go, we just cannot afford to go into retail and distribution. Let's 
get the people that want to be a part like of this. Let's let's make them know how pivotal that their contribution is to us to be able to grow, to be able to make it happen. We'll have some extra copies that you can buy through the web store. Uh, Jamie has talked about, Jamie Stegmeier has talked about that too, like going direct. Sure. And people ask me that all the time actually is, why, why can't you do that? Well, this, am I going to store all the games here in my house? Like in this, where, in this yeah. warehouse? Like <laughs> you, you, and then who's going to send it? Am I right, going to yeah. just drive there and do it? There's, there's so much more. It's not like that easy. So making that change, not only does that cut out all the extra expenses, we have we have thousands of games right now sitting at various distributors that they actually may never like get sold. It, they'll probably find their way to some just cut rate place. Mm -hmm. So if you see some of that stuff out there, uh, you're probably going to get it really cheap. I, we don't know. Sure. Uh, that's the thing that's a little bit strange about it. So making this decision is hard because not only now do we are we dropping the of Valeria or Valeria line at all. Instead, it's going to have like a little sticker next to it or not a sticker, but a, a little yeah. logo that just says, hey, this is part of the universe of Valeria. It's just, it's there. So Castellans, uh, Card Kingdoms, Quests, Villages, so on and so forth. That should be able to help with people just saying, oh, okay, so this isn't an expansion. Like this is just right, a different right, yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. But it also is going to let us it's going to let us be able to understand where the demand is, what people actually want. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to be able to, and this is hard, we're going to be able to know if we can even make like a second or a third or whatever, like print run. I think like Spirit Island is like on their 20th, like print run, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But that's, that's a different conversation, mm -hmm. but it's still kind of tied together we had to make that decision. And I think it's really confusing to people. And if you want to read about it, if I'm not making that much sense to you right now, if I'm not articulating correctly, please go to Castellans of Valeria Board Game Geek page or even the Kickstarter. And there is an update dedicated specifically to why that we have to make, uh, had to make that switch. Sure. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so the, a lot. <laughs> we yeah. could definitely keep on going. I think we have covered a lot of the bases that I wanted to cover in terms of uh, the conversation about the Valeria games in particular and Dale Magic in general. Is there any um, anything that we missed? Uh, anything that you wanted to make sure that we got in there in, in terms of getting the word out, setting the record straight, etc. Yeah, I, I think at least just right now, it's like you said. Yeah, there's a lot of very specific directions like that we can just go into. I think it's just really important for people to understand that this is not a woe is me moment like right. for, for daily magic at all. If anything, it's recalibration. Would we love to be able to have you walk into your FLGS and see the various games that are on the shelf? Of course, mm -hmm. like that's, that's the whole idea. But right now that's not possible because it there's, and, and this is partly like our, our issue as well, is that we are now trained to think that crowdfunding is like a super pre-order system but understand that every company does it for a reason. Some of them don't have to, but the reality is it is very expensive to get your games created, to get them shipped, and how they find their way to your store shelf is anything but just a simple process. We do not all have a perfectly streamlined system. It just doesn't really work like that. So your support for any game, not just Daily Magic, that mm -hmm. is pivotal. If you believe in something, if you really want to support a super small developer, once again, not just us, you really need to go onto their crowdfunding platform 
and commit to something instead of going to your Amazons, uh, things like, you know, Game Nerds and Miniature Market. It's awesome that you can get stuff like that online for mm -hmm. cheaper price, lower MSRP. But the reality is try to support certain developers directly. They will see that money. It helps them grow. It helps them be able to establish themselves and to be able to expand upon their dreams. And, and that's what matters most to me, not just about this company, but about the small people. And that's really what matters. And for modernized creators, you know, we're going to be honest with you. Like this was an honest conversation. The Valeria line, like if this was a show conversation, be like, okay, all the Valeria games are great. Solo is great for all of them. They all have solo and be like, okay, just a march of different. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. If they're, if it, solo isn't going to be something that is right now baked for us, then we're going to say so. And then, you know, it's not like, please, don't take our enthusiasm for a recommendation. Right. If we're enthusiastic about a, a, a topic, it, it doesn't mean like, okay, go buy it right now. We're enthusiastic about, I'm enthusiastic about Andrew. I'm enthusiastic about David. I'm enthusiastic about the company making the best games possible. And out of the enthusiasm, it's like, let's do better. <laughs> and it, it that's and that's where the conversation is. So um that's what we wanted to move the ball forward on that. Yeah. We're gonna continue to support uh all small companies, every not just Dale and Magic, but every small company. And I'm a bit I'm very partial to small companies. Uh and we'll see, you know, like you said before, this is not necessarily a war with me moment. There's a recalibration. Uh we'll see if we can get some specific attention to you know niche audiences like ours. Uh and we can and you know you get that one hit, you get that one uh, product that really sings with people, which is a, a big part of why companies succeed, then it's a whole different conversation. It really is a whole different conversation. So that's, it is. That's yeah, this this medium has exploded. Like I, I said, maybe in the, in the future, I, I can we can talk about how like this is analogous to like the video games industry. It's very different, but it's it's do you remember when like, if you had a, a Nintendo, like there's no downloadable content, there's no patches oh, sure. that, that's upgrading. Like that's where board games are. You are gonna get something that works, that's fun, that you can get to the table, but if you made right. a mistake. Right, right. <laughs> we could just stop right there or, or, or yeah well, the, the development wasn't exactly uh, where it needed to be but you are the developer for the alien magic games and we're going to continue to get some yeah. attention to that and so we're going to get could you get evolution so um so you had just finished the uh kickstarter for castellans i believe yes uh yes. what is next in your uh, company is it oh, the innovations so... is it the you know like kind of going back and and, and refreshing the things is that the is that the current new um, strategy or are there brand new products that are uh, being offered? So if uh, what I'll tell people right now is that if you would like to weigh in on what you would like to see for uh, really anything Daily Magic, you can send an email to contact at dailymagicgames.com. And you could say whatever. If you don't remember what it is, you're having problems like spelling all that, just go to the website and you can just hit contact and you can sure. send us something that way. Or if you're more active on Board Game Geek, go to Valeria Card Kingdoms. And I think right now the most active thread is one that I had posted. Hey, we're looking to make some changes like to this game specifically. Please, you know, give us some of our some of your feedback. What do you think is broken? What do you think you'd like to see different? What do you want to see in the future? So we are, as I alluded to, we are definitely taking a look at some of the older catalog from where we started, like right in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And we are trying to streamline those things, make it a little bit more fun uh, for everybody quests, villages, we're taking a pretty deep look into those games. Uh, some of the changes I can say right now are very fun and we're keeping the spirit alive like of those games. 
That is what a re-implementation should be. Mm-hmm. Like ethnos is to, uh, what's the new one? Like Archaeo society. Archaeo society. Yes. Like that's, that's a really perfect example. And I mm-hmm. think it's wonderful. Uh, we're following like in that, that footprint and we want our fans to be able to get in. Uh, same thing with VCK, uh, Valeria Card Kingdoms, our flagship game. Want to hear more about that. And we do have, they're unnamed right now, but there is at least one unnamed project that we're still messing around with right now, still in very early form, uh, hoping to do that. So you'll see some new things in the future. And then we do have another game signed. I, It's a small one. It's like a two to three player game. Uh, I don't know if we have the solo thing going on right now. Goblin Rally Racers mm. uh, should be something small. We alluded to that in one of the last updates for Castellans. So uh, we're still messing around with those, but that's a little glimpse into our future right now. Some of the old stuff, some of the new stuff, Mm -hmm. but everything right now, we are listening to what you have to say. Andrew Whipple, Daily Magic Games. Thank you so much for stopping by, giving us so much of your time. Thank you, Jason. It is a pleasure. We can change your mind, we can change the world, people. So until next time, later, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.